you just think we just, you know, whatever happens, we just shit another player. I, and everything's going to be perfect. All of our fans think that. You all think that. That's what you write about. You don't want to be here. There's a specific reason. Not really, you know, I think we did a poor job recruiting. If guys are coming in and immediately walking out the door because it was something different than what they thought it would be. And we lied to them during recruiting or we, we sold them on a dream that wasn't true. Is we want to be a big, fast, dominating, aggressive, relentless football team that nobody in the SEC wants to play. Now, that's also a second in the West, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> Winning the SEC probably is harder than winning the national championship. Do you know that? Well, how about the fucking dogs? <laughs> hey, buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the pirate, and the pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State. Welcome in to the latest episode of that SEC podcast presented by MyBookie. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? <laughs> Friday, baby, I'm drinking one, too. <laughs> What are you mm. drinking on, Shane? I've got one of these Golden Road brews again. Well, how about you? Well, buddy, we're about to get some good news. So I brought I brought out the 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 orangest can I could find. Is that a word? I don't know. I made it up. It's called Yeehaw Eighty. So I'm giving I'm giving mm. Ophel a second chance here. Scottish style <laughs> ales, five percent. So we're gonna see what kind of what kind of stuff he's got in this one. All right, folks. That was a little bit teaser. We got some good news coming up for the Vol fans, but we'll get to that in a moment. But Hey, before we get into all that, I did want to make this note. Uh, you know, we said it on the last podcast, so I'll say it again. We just got a new shipment of koozies in, Tennessee, the first edition, multicolored. And I got to tell you, Shane, my mailman's going to be pretty pissed at me because he's going to run out there. We got about a dozen koozies in the mail already, ready to be sent off. And we're going to have a lot more. So all you got to do is give us that five-star written review. And if you're not a Tennessee fan, that's a, that's the main reason I wanted to bring this up again. You know, we need to put in, now that we know these multicolored koozies look really good, I'm eager to order some more. So, but I, it's kind of weird how it breaks down. I can't just do, you know, five of this team, five of that team. I kind of have to do them in large orders Mm -hmm. and it certainly costs money to do it. So I'm leaving it up to the fans. If you're a Georgia fan, Florida fan, South Carolina fan, Arkansas fan, what have you, reach out to us. Let us know if you're interested in the multicolored koozies. And the fan base that responds with the most, we're going to order those first. And then, you know, second runner-up, we're going to order those second. So, hey, we're not we're trying to take care of all you. At this, we're, we're a small podcast. <laughs> if, right. I, if I had a couple thousand, I'd get all 14. But, uh, hey, we'll get there eventually. But just let us know which ones you want, and uh, we'll get on those pretty quick. Sorry, I spilt some in my yeehaw here, Mike. Dang on it. <laughs> Boss is going to be pissed. Party fail. All right, I'm ready. Hey, uh, well, speaking of that, Shane, another reason to party down there in Athens, you see the Georgia Bulldogs got them some new uniforms. <laughs> Look like some 1980 throwbacks, I guess is what these technically are, but they're not necessarily throwbacks. They're kind of, you know, they look a little vintage, but they're new style. They look great. And the main one, they also got a black one, which is 
incredible. I mean, Georgia fans have been wanting a black jersey for a while here. Mm-hmm. Kirby's been kind of opposed to it, so certainly looks like they're going to be bringing them out. But my favorite part of the whole jersey, I shared this on Twitter, and my God, the rest of the SEC ripped me a new one. They didn't care for it. The spiked collars. It looks like it's only on the black alternate uniforms, but what was your thoughts on these uh, Georgia uniforms? Well, Mike, I honestly, I like them. I think they're sharp. I think they look good, but I got to agree with some of them on the dog collar part. I, I thought the black looked good by itself. I don't think they needed to add that, um, but You're crazy. it's there. You know what I'm saying? And if I'm a diehard Georgia fan, and, and I've listened, I mean, we put a thing out, you know, try to rank these, and, of course, every other fan base besides Georgia hated them, <laughs> but there was a lot Just of Georgia haters, fans. man. I know that's all it is, but there was a lot of Georgia fans that did like it. And there's a lot of Georgia fans that were like, "Yeah, you know, it's okay. So I, I, I'm on the fence, man. I, I think the, the color schemes, the, everything else is fantastic. It's just, it's just that damn dog collar, Mike. I just can't get past that, man. You know what I'm saying? I just, I think they, I think they tainted the outfit when they put that thing on there. Now, I think it's the, the opposite. Non-Georgia fans maybe don't know about the collar, man. You got the pads down there, the turnover pads. Mm-hmm. That's just part of it, baby. You got you to gotta earn that collar. You know is, that I mean? is, is that it? I'm just not bought in yet? <laughs> maybe you're right, man. Maybe you're right. Maybe it's something that – I mean, because there was a lot of times, like when Tennessee and the mountains on the helmets when they did the Smoky Grays, right. a lot of people put that down. But I'm up here. I'm with it. I enjoy it. So, yeah, I think I think you're right, Mike. I think it's it's just it's a perspective and uh the dog collar means a lot for the for the bulldog fans down there and it makes sense. So, you know what? Maybe you are right. Maybe I maybe it is growing on me. Now, how about uh, did you see this old miss? They've got powder blue uniforms. <laughs> and those, you know, I'm a little I don't know how I feel about that. I love, I'll go on record saying this, the, the Ole Miss powder blue helmet, mm-hmm. that's, that's my favorite helmet in the SEC. I think that thing's beautiful. And the jerseys, it's not that they look bad, but I'm kind of hoping they don't wear the, the powder blue helmet and the jersey because then they're just going to look like North Carolina to me. I'm hoping, yeah, you know, maybe they break out a white helmet or something with these bad boys and, and have the powder blue helmets with different, with the red uniform. I think that looks fantastic, but... I'm kind of interested. It, it seems like they're teasing it. That might be what they're wearing week one against Florida. Thoughts on the powder blue old Miss jerseys? Yeah, no, I'm with you on that one. Uh, I, I've Somebody asked me this when they first came out, and I gave it a seven. And that was a strong seven. I, I like the powder blue. I think it looks good. Mm-hmm. And the thing about Ole Miss, they just got so many different color schemes that they can use down there, and this is just a piece of it. So uh, I like, like you said, just a flare of the powder blue. I don't like the... I, like you said, I don't want to be compared to the Tar Heels or anything like that. You know, stick mm-hmm. to stick to true uh, red colors. But uh, the powder blues—it's a nice offset, and I, I'm looking forward to see it. They're going to play it week one, aren't they? I think so. Yeah. So against Florida, yeah. so we're going to get an early look at these bad boys. And hey, maybe mm-hmm. once I see them in action, I'll be a, a lot bigger fan of them. Absolutely. Hey, one last thing, Shane, before we go around the league. This clip just came out. I thought it was hilarious. We know Cousin Shane's big three. He's an NFL guy. Coach (laughs) O made an appearance on the NFL Network. Now, this is a long interview, so I cut it down because there's really only one small section that I really wanted to use here. But, 
you know, he was he, he was on NFL Network talking Joe Burrow following his debut, and the announcer wanted to ask him, how did Joe Burrow win over the locker room down there at LSU like he's doing down there in Cincinnati? And Coach O, <laughs> man, he, he gave us a gem here. i never forget the first day. We were running 16-1-10s. Uh, it was in the heat in uh, South Louisiana. He came out here the first day, didn't say a word. There were some quarterbacks that he was competing with. And he competed to win everyone then. I believe he won everyone. And he did that for about two or three weeks straight and just competed, kept his mouth shut, uh, eventually won over the locker room, uh, won the big games, uh, proved it that he could do it on the field. Joe was a tremendous leader for us. We always felt going into any stadium and any game, we were going to win the game with Joe as our quarterback. But, Ed, you're leaving out some of the good stuff. There's a new book you have coming out next month. It's called Flip the Script. It's with our mutual friend Bruce Feldman. Bruce emailed me some of the stuff from it. He also, Joe did, got in Devin White's face, now now with the Buccaneers, and said, you shut the bleep up and threatened to to fight Devin White, Ed? That's Joe, you know, and, and again, I, there's a lot of times I had to stop him. Uh, there was a couple of times that the fight did, did occur and I had to stop the fight and I go to the bottom of the pile, there's Joe. So Joe had the linebacker uh, attitude a uh, linebacker mentality, but you know what? He changed the mentality here. All right, so I, it's, this is almost <laughs> like Brett Favre, baby. I mean, fighting linebackers and <laughs> Devin White. I mean, we're talking one of the most intimidating players in all of college uh-huh. football during his time. Another uh-huh. first-round pick. You imagine Coach O's reaction? Of course, this was before Joe Burrow was the legend he is now, but he could have been too happy with the damn quarterback at the bottom of a pile. <laughs> Well, I mean, at least it's a person and not the the wall of inside of a locker room. <laughs> if you remember, <laughs> yeah. Joe is notorious at punching walls too. So, uh, no, this this we knew what Joe was after uh, at the end of the season. Man, he's he's a tough he's a tough character, and man, he ain't go back down from any fight. And I tell you what, you put me and Devin White in a room, I'm going to find an exit quickly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy, you ready to go around the league? Yeah, man, let's do it. Now let's go around the league. My my daughters said something about me wearing a visor and need to put on a hat because I'm getting bald. So uh, (laughs) I'm going to wear a hat from here on out. I mean, if you look over the next six years, I think we played Miami three times, Florida State six times, South Florida three times, Mississippi State once. So who's the SEC teams? You know, I mean, I don't think I think it's an injustice for the kids. They should, we should mix those games up, and you should, um, you know, play more teams from the West. Why, why don't you start calling around and see if you can get somebody else to play us, and we'll play them. Right, we'll play anybody you can get to play us. In Louisiana, hold on a second. Hey guys, hey, I'm having a press conference, okay? Thank you. All right, real uh, quick before we make a stop around the league, I just wanted to make this note. So this is not official yet, but Pete Thamel of Yahoo Sports, you know, he's a pretty thorough uh, investigative reporter. He doesn't just throw stuff out there. This comes courtesy of him. The SEC is expected to adopt a 53-player minimum to play this season, and that's 53 scholarship players. That is, and they're also included, you got to have one quarterback, seven offensive linemen, and four defensive linemen 
and the SEC is expected to announce this here soon. So you got eighty. You're supposed to have eighty-five on a roster, and they're rule. They're going to make it fifty-three scholarship players. So that's the same size as an NFL roster. That's probably why they came to that number. But thoughts on that change? So basically, we can be down some teams thirty-two players, but you can't be down thirty-three to play in the SEC. And this is this is. I don't think this is uh, talking injuries. This is obviously a COVID-related thing. Okay, so. Break that down for me one more time. So if you're below 53 players, you cannot mm-hmm. play that weekend. And you got to have at least okay. one quarterback available, which that should be pretty obvious. But seven <laughs> offensive linemen, so essentially two backups there, and four defensive linemen, no backups, I guess. I guess the hell with the defensive line, huh? But you can kind of get away, I guess, playing you know different positions there and everything, but... Uh-huh. So that's pretty wild. So yeah, that's kind of fun. I mean, Kentucky would have been screwed last year, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I I don't know, man. I, I guess that's what that's what we got to have. Uh, that's the rules. So I I don't think it means I don't think it's a bad thing. It's just if we're underneath those numbers, then they'll just postpone that game, right? Right. That's that's correct. Yeah, we're not going to lose it. So. No, no, this is this is good, and and you know that's one thing a lot of people always worried about was, you know, what if somebody did have the old COVID and uh, you know they're in the uh, the offensive line group, and then all of a sudden your whole offensive line's out. So right. that's this is safety precautions. I get what they're doing here, but uh, hopefully we don't have to implement any of them. Right. Uh, yeah. Hopefully this just does not come into effect at all. But I think just they probably had to put a cap on this just so that you know, for safety reasons and because I, you know, maybe Alabama could get away. They got so many good players, maybe Georgia, Florida, Mm. you know, they could maybe get away with 52 players. It depended on who they're playing. Yeah. But in Arkansas, I don't think they could, you know what I mean? So (laughs) I think if they just left it up to the coaches, I think it would be kind of crazy. They would be, you know, all across the board, I just think it would be handled so wildly. So maybe this is just the SEC saying we need to put a number on it just for the safety across the board to mm-hmm. kind of take this out of the coach's hands because, you know, it's not like the coaches are ever going to want to put the players in dangerous way. I'm not suggesting that, but you get those competitive juices going. You got yeah. kind of like you said, like last year at Kentucky, I mean, Lynn Bowden saying, well, hell, I could play quarterback. But could he really? Until we saw it on the field, I mean, a lot of people would have taken their odds. Yeah, put his, put him back here. We'll beat Kentucky, and then all of a sudden he turns into a damn Heisman contender. But that's just such a rarity, you know. Where I think there's so many players that probably think they can be Lynn Bowden, but I mean, there's only one of that guy. You know what? Oh yeah. All right, Shane. Let's uh, jump on down to Columbia, <laughs> Carolina. Where biggest news here. In the SEC on Thursday, got to give you credit, Shane. You nailed this one, and I look like a damn fool because <laughs> I went against what I was thinking the whole time, and I got too cute with it. But if you missed it, South Carolina is named Colin Hill, the graduate transfer, starting quarterback for the opener against Tennessee. And, you know, this was an easy decision, I would say, the obvious decision when you're changing over to a new offensive coordinator. You really want to go with that experienced guy that knows what's going on here. But what was your, you know, first thought? So you were the one that predicted this. You got, you nailed this. So I would assume you're definitely not surprised. But 
Just what's your initial reaction to hearing Colin Hill, the starting quarterback for South Carolina, to start the season? Well, my first reaction was to find track down SEC Mike and tell him, gotcha. (laughs) (laughs) That was the first thing. But I'm kind of with you. I I just felt like this was going to be something that Ryan will eventually take over. I, 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 I don't expect Hill to be running this show the entire season. But we got game one, SEC, you know, put a quarterback back there. It knows exactly how this system is is to be ran. And and then – but I'm going to tell you, man, he's got an extremely short leash. I, I, I think if, if Colin goes out here and doesn't do well against Tennessee the first four, five drives, it, it wouldn't surprise me if Ryan doesn't come in there. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if you see a little Luke in there because Coach mentions that here in a minute. But – uh, I just think that this was this was a just a safe move. That's mm-hmm. that's the kind of vibe I got. Right. All right. So yeah. So you mentioned there. Let's kick it over to Will Muschamp, who kind of gives us a brief uh, thoughts on the decision and how long a leash Colin Hill will have and uh, the competition. He even mentions Luke Doty here. And then at the very tail end, I just thought we'd throw these in here too. But he talks about the running backs just for a moment as well. I'm going to start uh, game planning for Tennessee a little bit more, focus to them. Can you give us an update on your quarterback situation? Yeah, I can. You know, first of all, it's great to get started on Tennessee and a different opponent. I know our guys are excited. We had a really very upbeat uh, day with a lot of energy. Colin Hill will start the game against Tennessee. Uh, I thought both guys had outstanding training camps. We can win with both guys, bottom line. And, and uh, Ryan's had a really good camp. Obviously, was there an advantage uh, for Colin, you know, playing with Coach Bobo before and, and, and schematically some things that certainly helped him, sure. But we can win with both guys. We've got confidence in both guys. And as I've told them and our entire football team, we're going into the unknown as far as that. We've got to have all hands on deck, ready to play. Luke Doty's gotten more reps at the quarterback position because what if we do lose Colin and Ryan to a COVID situation? We, we've got to have a bunch of guys ready to play in the game, uh, but, but Colin will start for us. The end of the day, was there anything specifically that separated the two of them, or just a gut feel from from a coaching standpoint with you and Mike? No, very difficult decision. You look at our three scrimmages, which are the three benchmarks really for the evaluation. Ryan was player of the day in the first one, Colin was in the second one, and both of them played extremely well in the third. It was very difficult. It was a hard decision, uh, but the, you know that's the decision that we made. Uh, and as I've said before, we can win with both guys. We have great confidence in both guys, and both guys know that. You go into the game, um, obviously anything can happen in a game, but do you go in with the mindset that it's Collins to go the distance, or would you like to see an opportunity for Ryan to get in there, just get his feet wet if nothing else? Well, certainly else? from a standpoint of the way COVID is, you, you want to be able to, to put that situation, but it's Collins' game, and that's the way we're going to go into the game. But like any other position, if someone's not playing well, we're going to make a change. So I guess the question is then how long is that leash? I mean, and obviously that can make a mistake, but, but you, Colin's your well, guy for that. Yeah, Colin's our guy. We're going to turn that on game day. Obviously we're still about nine days away, but health-wise you feel good with, with really where you're at right I mean, we're, we're in a good, obviously, the, you know, the tragic situation with Marshawn Lloyd. Trey Jones will be fine. He'll be back, and, and uh, we, we, but uh, hope to get Jamar back uh, next week. All right, Chad, so I'm kind of glad you hit on that last point you did because – you know, it makes all the sense in the world. Will Muschamp knows you want to talk about short leashes. He's got a short leash down there in Columbia. Mm-hmm. They're buying million-dollar golden cock statues <laughs> down there. They, they'll they come up with the money to get rid of him if they have to. Of course, I think true Gamecock fans don't want to see that happen. I'm not saying they do, but, hell, if he drops a couple of games here, mm-hmm. that hot seat's going to rev right back up. I don't care what anybody says. So you go with a guy 
that you got the most confidence in to run your offense because the other 10 players on the field, well, they do have the, they've got the uh, fullback, tight end, hybrid guy that they also brought to Colorado State. So aside from him, I mean, everybody else is a new system. You got to make mm-hmm. sure you're lined up properly. You under, you got to understand the play and yada, yada, yada. So yeah, this makes all the sense in the world. And now Tennessee knows who they're facing, Colin Hill. <laughs> and I think you kind of references, this is kind of the guy you wanted to see, wasn't it? Yeah, no, this is the guy. I think the up, obviously the upside is tremendous with Helensky. I, I I think he's there was a reason he was ranked so high in high school. So that part terrifies me because there's times last year when he showed glimpses of being a fantastic quarterback. So, but he did make a lot of boneheaded mistakes along the way as well. So, if I was more worried, like. What if he corrected all those bad things and he just came out just flinging the rock? So, mm-hmm. and, and which I could fully see happen at some point this season, but uh, they went with Hill. So I think the ceiling is higher uh, with Helensky than it is Hill, but I think the floor is a lot higher with with Hill than it is Helensky as well. So, uh, like I said, this is this is a safe Manila solution for week one easing into the sec play don't be surprised though if you don't see halinski on the field at some point during this game same thing with doty which coach mentions you're gonna there's gonna be several packages he's in there so uh that that seat's still pretty warm back there in the quarterback room yeah and last thing i got on hill he's so he's a south carolina native followed mike bobo out there to colorado state obviously Mm -hmm. he suffered three acl injuries so if nothing else, I mean, he has made one hell of a recovery from those. It's kind of hard not to root for a guy like that coming home, playing for South Carolina. And now with that uh, the NCAA rule, I mean, maybe he takes off with this thing. And he's, you know, there's not mm-hmm. a lot of great SEC quarterbacks this year. Maybe he's the the next one that emerges. He may have two years here at South Carolina. So maybe we might be overlooking him a little too much here. But uh you know, I'm just, I'll be rooting for him. I know that. Yeah. All right, Shane, next we get, <laughs> this is the reason Shane's on beard number two or three here. Let's jump on down to Rocky Top. Rocky Top. Word, Jeremy Pruitt finally announced this on Thursday. Cade Mays has won his appeal. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was waiting for. <laughs> yeah. Here's the crucial part of this though, Shane. You may mm-hmm. not want to chug that beer too quickly because just like we were referencing on a previous pod with Joey Gatewood, I think this was on Wednesday's show. So the NCAA has approved this thing. Let's uh, give a shout out to Greg Isaacs, the Knoxville attorney, for <laughs> winning this appeal. Uh-huh. But now it goes to the SEC level. It goes to Greg Sankey. So he can still deny this thing. So that's something to consider. Now, is this where gentlemen's agreement, think you do you think that comes in? That's exactly where Joey Gatewood status was apparently was at, and that was a couple of days ago. And I don't know if those gentlemen have agreed yet because we still don't have a word, final word on Joey Gatewood. So now we're down to waiting it out for Greg Sankey and Tennessee and Georgia. I think what this is really going to come down to is Georgia, and if they take issue with it, and then it's going to go to Greg Sankey's desk, and he's got to make a decision here. So not 100% sure that Cade Mays is going to win this thing, but I don't know, given everything we've seen from Greg Sankey and 
I mean, how many times has he talked about, you know, doing what's right for the players and all this stuff this offseason? Yeah. I mean, I think he kind of goes back on that a little bit if he nixes this. So I'm not necessarily putting it, that on his shoulders just yet, but hey, celebrate today's victory, but uh, right. just be wary that uh, they got to make a damn decision here quick because we're at game week here already. So yeah, I don't think this is going to be another, you know, multiple weeks. Hell, it can't be, but you know, decisions got to be made here. Yeah, and I think a decision will be made. And even if it is a gentleman's agreement, I don't care, Mike. As if we get Cade nine games out of ten, I will take it. This offensive line is going to be freaking nasty. Uh, I'm looking forward to these boys. Um, I it wouldn't it wouldn't blow my mind if they just cleared him outright. But I think worst case scenario, he sits the Georgia game. We get him the other nine. So now is Cade the only only appeal to go through, or have we heard anything about the our, our old Miss boy? No, this this is the only one I'm aware of today. So I don't know what in the hell's the hold up here. Once again, we're up okay. against the clock here. Let's uh, make a decision. But the mm-hmm. fact that Cade Mays has gotten his, I think yep. we'll probably be seeing more of these around the SEC. So uh, that's great news for Tennessee. It's a first step in the process, and I think it was the right move. I think it was the only move. I mean, we've said it – if we said it once, we've said it a hundred times. In a damn year where eligibility doesn't count, mm-hmm. why in the hell are you going to not give someone eligibility to play? It's it's, just, it's the <laughs> damn dumbest thing going in the college football right now. Absolutely. No, I'm pumped up, man. Absolutely pumped up, excited. I'm, I'm happy for the family. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of – a lot of Georgia fans upset, but they got some new uniforms today, Mike. So maybe this was a good dump day, you know? <laughs> Just get them new uniforms out and reveal them and then slide Cade through. <laughs> and, and, hell, we just talked about it. You know, if the SEC is going to mandate, you know, you got to have X amount of linemen, what in the mm-hmm. hell are we doing not giving us linemen eligibility? You know exactly. what I mean? Once again, exactly. we're going back to safety of all the players and doing what's best for the student-athletes, so – yeah, make the right decision here, Greg Sankey. And the only other note that is kind of unfortunate here for Tennessee, Austin Pope starting tight end, Jeremy Pruitt. Damn. This is exactly what he said, not playing right now. Didn't get any more clear than that. But So you certainly expect he's not going to start the season. I don't know if that means you know he's out for the whole year. This is the guy that had the back surgery about a month, month and a half ago. So he may have suffered you know a setback there to – I don't know, but it obviously doesn't sound too great for Tennessee premier blocking tight end. But. And that sucks because when he got hurt, initially the time frame, he would have been, you know, he should have been hitting the field about this time. Right. So, you know, when we pushed the season off, we thought maybe there's a chance we get him. But, you know, maybe they're just – you know, everybody rehabs differently. And, and, you know, I, I, I haven't heard anything, anything like setbacks or anything like that. So hopefully, uh, hopefully it gets out there sooner than later. Yeah. Maybe he's just pulling an old Eli drink with. Maybe uh Pope's going <laughs> to be the X factor <laughs> in a week one game plan. Exactly. Hey Shay. Well, before we move on, let's uh, remind the listeners we're brought to you by my bookie, the online sports book, head on over to mybookie.ag today all new customers receive a 100% deposit match up to $1,000. That means if you're a new customer to mybookie.ag and you put in the promo code THATSEC, that's T-H-A-T-S-E-C, 
they will match your initial deposit up to $1,000. So you could potentially start with $2,000 to gamble on, Shane, immediately. And we mm. got this college football firing up. We're going to get into some some picks here. But, man, I'm just fired up that college football is finally here. And the only thing that makes football better, in my opinion, is drinking some beer and betting all these games. So <laughs> head on over to mybookie.ag. Once again, that promo code is that SEC. Over at mybookie.ag, thousands of cross-sports, wagers, props, parlays, all that. Winning season begins today only at mybookie with that promo code, that SEC. Well, speaking of drinking with, let's jump on down to the other Columbia, Columbia, Missouri. M-I-Z! Where we previewed this on the last show. You know, this was breaking news at the time, but... Uh, Eli Drinkowitz announced that 12 players set to miss the Alabama game. He sounded kind of like Lane Kiffin did here a couple weeks ago. It's it's, a, it's very unfortunate how this thing hits, but it's almost like a wave at one school and then at another school it pops mm-hmm. up once once they're getting it resolved somewhere else. But certainly sounds like uh, COVID issues there for Missouri. And not only that, but uh, at, at least Drinkowitz had enough in him to mock the Big Ten. I thought this was great. He was asked about the status of uh, the offense there, the offensive install in his first year at at, uh, Missouri. And then (laughs) very end of his presser there, he was asked, you know, these reporters are sneaky, man. They know this guy likes to talk, so they keep, like, trying to get him to reveal who's going to play quarterback and all this. And uh, Drinkowitz says, hey, I've been dodging these questions since I was coaching seventh grade football. Currently, right right now, we got – 12 guys out um, for COVID-related uh, situation. Uh, we've recently had two opt-outs. Chris Daniels and Maurice Massey have opted out of the season. And then we had one senior, Daniel Ellinger, is elected to move on and pursue something outside of football. So, No, you said 12 players, COVID situations. Uh, I guess how many of those are uh, positives and, or just contact tracing? I guess is there a differentiation there? I mean, not to me. Um, yeah, I mean, Suija, out is out. I mean, so whether they got it or whether they're contact trace, out is out. They can't can't be around us, so it doesn't. I mean, there's no reason to get into the numbers game and hype. It's just we're down 12 guys, so is what it is. You know, just as somebody that's involved with college football and a college football fan, what was your reaction? Big Ten's playing again. Pac-12 is maybe talking about playing again. Is is this a good day for the sport? Yeah, I got enough crap to worry about playing Alabama. I can't figure out whether or not the Big Ten and Back 12 are going to yo-yo around and play football with us or not. I mean, they're playing great. Love it. Love the game. Awesome game. It's unbelievable for our country. Uh, it's it's great for our universities. It's great for our towns when we play. It's great for our young men. Uh, you know, it, I think it's personally think it's the greatest game in the world. So if they elect to play, great. If they don't, uh, yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's on them. I, I got enough crap to worry about with preparing for Alabama and figuring stuff out at Mizzou. So, yeah, I don't really. Yeah, Eli, what I guess is the with, – with 12 people out already, what's the level of, of concern about if this game will be able to get played if tests continue showing up positive? I mean, are you, I'm not Miss Cleo. I mean, I can't forecast the future. I just take the results that, that come to me right now. we got 12 guys missing. we got 100 and I think 11-man roster. So, I mean, I don't know. Hey, right now we're fine. Not, not even not not worried about it. But okay. you know, again, get with me tomorrow. We just got tests today, and 
get with me Friday. We, we take another test Friday and we take another test Sunday, and, you know, but I can't forecast the future. Crud, if I'd have done that, I'd have reinvested in the stock market, but I didn't. Uh, Coach, a couple weeks ago, you said that you guys had a long way to go in terms of uh, getting the offensive install right. Uh, how far have you guys come since then, and what are some, what have some of the challenges been? Um, I mean, overall install, the offense, it's in. It's the execution that's just flawed. Um, and that's just all based on reps, 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 reps. You know, football is easily you – can, you can put on a board all you want, but it's the only game when you snap the football, there's 22 people moving at full speed and you have to react accordingly. And so offensively, you got to get all 11 people on the same page. And, you know, we've had a lot of different lineups uh, and that's not ideal for cohesive football. Um, and so we're trying to continue to build the chemistry and camaraderie with a group that's consistently going to be there and, uh, you know, do the very best we can. Um, like I said, it's just not ideal from a consistency standpoint. Coach, uh, we saw that Taylor Powell decided to, to transfer the program last week. I know you, you said from the beginning you're not going to uh, announce a starting quarterback, but have you decided at least? Can you let us know if you've decided on one? Is there a starting quarterback right now, whether or not you're going to tell it to us or, or not? No, there's not a starting quarterback right now, but there will be on September 26th, but no. No, there's not a starting quarterback. All right. We'll let you talk. Thanks, guys. Okay. Coughlin was trying to sneak in so he could ask somebody, hey, who's getting all the reps with the ones? Good try. Uh, sources say, uh, I got sources that say, uh, someone tells us the starting quarterback. Come on, man. You think this is the first rodeo? Great. I coach seventh grade football. Same thing. Uh, who's the starting quarterback for the green and gold team? Good try, Coughlin. <laughs> all right, Shane. So, you know, that's very – unfortunate news we kind of already hit on this but being down a dozen players for Alabama that's not going to do you any favors we don't know who these players are mm -hmm. but you know if they're out they're out just kind of like Drinkowitz says here but hey at least he's got enough uh, sense of humor left in him to talk about his old <laughs> I don't even know what would that be seventh grade would that be middle school days yeah middle school right there buddy uh so <laughs> No, this is he. He's good at dodging questions. He he's gonna hold it. He's gonna hold these cards close to him till we get there. So uh, he's he's already behind the eight ball with twelve players out. That sucks. But you know he didn't like say who they were. So we don't even know if these guys are starters or, or anything like that, do we? No, it could be walk-ons. You know, yeah, I, I don't. I'm yeah, not so. wishing ill on the walk-ons or anything, but yeah, we have no idea. You wouldn't get into information, so that yeah, we probably mm -hmm. won't know till kickoff. Just <laughs> like the quarterbacks, you know what? It's wild, man. This is a. It's going to be a weird year, man. Did you see the Chiefs? They released a statement about the 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 one fan that came in there with COVID. No. Did you see that? No. Yeah, they released a statement. It wasn't Drakowitz, was it? I don't know, man. They didn't say any names or anything, but they said we tracked him. We got video evidence. They know exactly where this guy took a leak. They know everything <laughs> from the time he went to the car. So, I mean, they're like extreme contact tracing here. So, uh, yeah, no, I just thought that was kind of, kind of, you know, I thought it's kind of funny because I don't, I don't see that happening in the SEC. You know, most of the NFL, you know, teams didn't allow fans. Uh, but I just saw that one release. And if you look at man, it's like 10 paragraphs about exactly. They want you to know that this guy 
went here, here, and here. He didn't come in contact. He wore a mask the whole time, you know. So just just be careful. If you're one of the lucky 25% gets in these games, you better keep that mask up because if they find out you got COVID, they're going to come after your ass. All right, uh, next stop around the league, Shane. Let's jump on down to Tuscaloosa real quick where Roll Tide! Nick Saban met with the media here recently, and I thought the best thing he had to say Oh, I also want to make this note. Alabama, according to Saban, they're testing daily. So that's kind of like the NFL model. So he said they're basically doing that for the players' peace of mind. So that's yeah. good news. So, you know, Alabama is probably going to be in great condition here going into the season. So that's great news, obviously. But, you know, the real important part of uh, his presser, I thought this was just really good insight on the level of buy-in at Alabama and how it's kind of unique. And he goes a little bit deeper here because – and it's true what he says here because from what I know, and hell, you got to know from you know all the NFL prospects they have annually, these scouts and draft people, they're in there all the time. And Nick Saban welcomes them because the more you get those guys in your building, you know, hell, you bring in a recruit and you're like, oh yeah, here's the GM of this NFL team or that mm-hmm. NFL team. Like it suits both parties to have these people in and out your building all the time. So, right. you know, these players at Alabama – I really thought it was great how he said, you know, they think they get evaluated on how they play, which obviously they do, but NFL is not going to invest, you know, tens of millions, potentially hundreds of millions of dollars in you if they mm-hmm. don't know, you know, how do you act on the practice field? How do you act in the facility? How do you act on social media? So they take into all of, all of this stuff. So uh, Papa Saban mm-hmm. dropping some knowledge here. I just thought this was great. <laughs> And then uh, here at the end, this is also, I thought Alabama fans would appreciate this. This is a defensive lineman, DJ Dale, talking up Will Anderson, the freshman linebacker, one of the guys that was uh, in my top 10 freshman impact players. Certainly sounds like he's living up to the hype down there in Tuscaloosa. Nick, you've talked about players sort of buying in so that they can create values, value for themselves within the framework of a team. I wonder how much of your roster do you think is bought into that concept and is it where you want it to be? Uh, I think a lot of the older guys really get it. I think it's a work in progress with younger guys. Um, they have a lot of expectations when they come in. Um, but, you know, these guys are starting to realize how do you get evaluated for the next level? You know, they think it's just how they play in the game. All right? But we have people here watching practice all the time. Uh, We have people that watch practice tape of the days that they aren't here. Uh, And things are being evaluated, not only their performance, how their teammates respond, you know, to them making a good play, how they respond to it. I mean, there's so many things that go into evaluation uh, that players need to understand uh, because everybody wants somebody who's dependable and responsible to be on their roster and on their team. So it's just not about your ability. It's just not about measurables. You know, it's about a competitive character. It's about who you are as a person. It's about what you do. I mean, we just had some NFL guy, you know, talk to our team and uh, told all the freshmen, you know, the NFL is already monitoring your Twitter. All right, so when you post, they're, they're making some kind of judgment about what you post and what you do. So uh, all these things are things that players need to be aware of. Uh, so if they don't buy in it for the team's sake, they should buy into it for their own sake. Yeah, you were a freshman that, that played a lot early last year. What, what have you seen from a guy like Will Anderson? And Do you feel like he, that's a role that he could take on as a true freshman, the outside linebacker? 
Most definitely. Will, he's just a guy who came in, and you can just tell he's just got it. His confidence, he's just so willing to learn. He just – he listens. He's, just, he's a great player, and he's, he's got it. He came in with it. All right, Chance, so what was your favorite part of uh, all this here? Well, you know, people ask me all the time why I didn't go to the league, Mike, and I think it was – Maybe they were looking at my MySpace page or something. I don't <laughs> Just kidding. I, I I think he's right, man. And, and and you know, he said a lot of a lot of powerful words. Of course, Nick Saban always does. And you know, honestly, I just couldn't stop thinking about the players not opting out in Alabama. And I it it wouldn't surprise me if coach was like, Hey, listen, you can opt out, but don't think they ain't watching because if they see you ba- abandon your team, you know what do you think they're gonna do when when they're investing millions and dollars millions of dollars with your future? So right. uh, uh, he's a, he's a, he's a wordsmith man, and and Nick Saban's always got an angle. So that's the first thing I thought of when I heard these clips. Yeah, and you know to go to your point too, you know if Nick Saban tells you that, it's a mm-hmm. lot different. No disrespect to Eli Drinkowitz, but if he tells that to you, you know what I mean? Just because mm-hmm. Saban's got that cachet, he's got, you know, that history, he's got all these connections. And that's not to say that Eli Drinkwitz is not going to be a great coach, but first year in the program, and I'm just using him as an example because he's a first-year guy, but, you know, you can basically go down the line. I mean, there ain't many like this in the SC. There, there's that bit. I don't think there's another one in the country, you know, that's got the history, yeah. obviously, of Saban. So, you know, that probably goes a little bit further those words in Tuscaloosa than they do anywhere. So, you know, I think that certainly plays a part in all of it. Now, the the daily testing, that's unique because I thought this thing was going to be uniform across all SEC teams. Mm-hmm. So it kind of surprises me. You know, you heard Eli earlier talking about it was almost like an every other day occurrence, which it seems like I don't know how quick they're getting this. How quick are these they getting these results? Uh, a couple hours? Is that how this thing's working? Yeah, I, I don't honestly know, but – Hell, I, they say there's tests now. You get it in about 15 minutes. Yeah, it just seems like you would do it daily. And if you catch one of these players coming in that day, if you do it every other day, I mean, it just feels like you're opening yourself up for an opportunity for them to expose themselves to other players. So mm-hmm. uh, I like the daily test, you know, especially if you're getting a 15-minute result. Damn, I'd be testing them right before they walk in. So. Yet if Alabama could afford it, I sure as hell would think the rest of the SEC oh, could. Oh, yeah, you know? for sure. Absolutely. Nah, that money's not an issue with these guys. So just interesting, just thinking about it. Hey, last stop around the league here. Let's go real quick to Starkville, Mississippi. Our linebacker Errol Thompson met with the media, and uh, he was asked about Kylan Hill and this offense, and he made quite the comparison for Mississippi State star running back. Yeah, Eric, um... Errol, I'm sorry. Eric Mealy was just in here talking about how Kylan Hill is just kind of a nightmare matchup, no matter if he's matched up against a linebacker, defensive back, whoever it is, catching passes out of the backfield. Have you had to match up with him, and what is he like out of the backfield? He's been here for so long, obviously, but it seems like his touches in that capacity are about to skyrocket. Yes, I've matched with him, uh, you know, throughout this whole camp. We've been matched up, you know, uh, whether it's one-on-ones or just a team setting, we've been matched up together. And uh, he, he's a guy who, you know, y'all know his big playability. He's a guy, you know, Alvin Kamara type of guy. He can get it in space, you know, throw it to him, but he can also run it. You know, it's a, he's a problem. I feel like uh, he's going to be a good, I mean, of course, like a great asset for us this year. 
All right, if you can actually hear what he was saying there, it's a little <laughs> bit low. I cranked it up as much as I could, but he compared Kylan Hill to Alvin Kamara with the ball mm. in his hands, all you know, out in the perimeter and everything. And this is the aspect of Kylan Hill's game that's been missing during his college careers. We all know maybe the best running back in the SEC, but just not, you know, fully utilizing that passing game previously. Now you got to know he's going to be featured in that way in Mike Leach's system. So, hey, this is just another little wrinkle here for SEC defenses to have to worry about. Kylan Hill on the edge catching balls. I continue to say it, but I'm just fired up to see this Mike Leach offense. And I mean, he because he's never – I don't think he's ever had a quarterback as talented as mm. he's got now. He's never had a running back quite like this. So, although Minshew, I mean, Minshew's – he might be right up there. But, man, it, I think they're going to put up some big numbers here at Mississippi State. Yeah, and it's, it's you know, you think about LSU last year. I was so excited to see what that offense was going to look like. Well, that it's Mississippi State for me now. I can't wait to see just what Coach Leach does with that offense down there. And, you know, one of the – I don't know if you remember, but there was a tweet that came out right after Leach came down there from the running back up there at Washington State, you know, just kind of making a joke – of the running game and lack thereof, you know, he was excited that he was going to actually get to run the ball, Mm -hmm. but I can't imagine Leach looking at that roster and not seeing Kylan Hill, which some have said, you know, could be the best running back in the sec this coming up season and not find ways to get him the ball. So I'm really excited about Hill's future and especially in the passing game. All right, Shane, so that's uh, all I got around the SEC. You got anything for the weekend before we head off here? Yeah, yeah, I got some reviews. Uh-oh. Man, Mike, they have been pouring in. I can't imagine. I mean, you've been at the post office, what, three times today <laughs> sending these things out? <laughs> Something like it. <laughs> you know, we appreciate everybody uh, hanging out with us. The season's almost here. Man, it's uh, so we're listening for eight days away. We're a week away from SEC football. Uh, you guys deserve it, and I'm looking forward to it. And you know, everybody that had an opportunity to get on there and their Apple products and leave us a, a rating review, those that's what helps us. And I really appreciate you guys doing that. Uh, be sure if you do get them in to screenshot and send them to that SEC. Uh, podcast at gmail.com with your address and we'll be sure to send you a koozie and um, I've got quite a few reviews here so I want to go ahead and read those off for us okay let's do it first one comes from conservative ed gator ed five star five star absolutely the best sec podcast out there even though cousin shane is a tennessee homer you guys touch on every sec school if you want to to get the best uh, SEC content. Uh, if you want to get on the best SEC content, that SEC podcast is the best by far. Go Gators! Bud Heavy is the best beer. Conservative man, <laughs> I, I'm. It's up there, buddy, and I appreciate you, buddy. Yeah, appreciate that one, Ed. Next one comes from Jackal. One, two, lot of numbers. You bring it all. Five star. You recently read Shop Dog USA's five-star review. That was my husband's review. And while you're suggesting he steal my phone and write another five-star review, I'm happy to do so myself. 
We start our Saturday mornings listening to y'all to discover what's new in the SEC land. We love going around the league and really enjoy the facts, opinions, and good humor you provide. I'm a Tennessee and born and raised and a proud UT alum, but I love hearing about all the other SEC schools too. Keep it up, guys, and go Vols. Well, Jackal, I appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate you, Jackal. Hmm. Yeah, we know where's the pants in that relationship, Mike. <laughs> That's right. She's a UT alum. I already like her. Next one comes from Joe Coley. Reminds me of the college days. Five stars. Cousin Shane sounds and acts identical to my college roommate while I was a student at University of Tennessee, beer and all. <laughs> I'm in the military, and this product is a true blessing and allows me to keep up with the best conference in college football. The Will Muschamp and Nick Saban clips make me laugh every single time. Thanks, guys, and keep up the great work. Go Cox. Well, Joe Coley, I appreciate you, and I doubt you're my roommate. My roommate was a little Asian kid named You Do. And uh, we we didn't talk at all. Uh, <laughs> just throwing out there. And you do, if you're listening, I appreciate you, buddy. <laughs> appreciate you, Joe. <laughs> Next one comes from GP Wood. Late to the party, five-star, good SEC content, laughs, and even beer reviews. Nice job, fellas. Well, GP Wood, I appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate you, Wood. Next one comes from Gamecock B, five-star. Mike and Cousin Shane have the perfect mix of humor and SEC coverage to make this pod one of my favorites to listen to while I was at work. Looking forward to the rest of the season with you guys. Go Cox. Well, Gamecock, I appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate you, Gamecock. Sorry about your first week loss, but after that, you may go undefeated. Well, you can't be undefeated, but you win out. That's what you're shooting for. Sir Nike, for, it's it's we're almost game week, Mike. You know I got to talk a little trash. But, I got you. But the so next one comes from Sir Nike fourteen oh two dogs fourteen oh two five star great content on the SEC overall. Look forward to hearing you guys more often. Well, Sir Nike, I appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate that one, Nike. Next one comes from T Hancock, long time listener, five star Texas A and M class of two thousand nineteen. My dad and I love listening to this every week. We have the best. We have bets each week to help. Oh, geez, Mike, second beer's kicking in here. We have bets each week to help stay in touch, as we no longer live near one another. And your podcast insight always comes up. Keep it up, and God bless the SEC. Well, T. Hancock, I appreciate you and your dad. Yeah, appreciate that one, Hancock. Awesome. My dad just constantly complains. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, your dad listens to the podcast. Mine doesn't. He tells me my, my grass is too, too high. Next one comes from Reed Cozens. Great SEC podcast, five-star, great content, and really great in-depth analysis of all the SEC teams. Highly recommend to any college football fan who wants an unbiased opinion about the greatest sport. Well, Reed Cozens, I appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate you, Reed. Mike, I appreciate all of them, man. You know, I, I, this is the, we're, we're almost there, man. We, I can see it. You know, like when you were in gym class and they made you run a mile and you had to do four laps around the track and it was absolutely <laughs> miserable. Mm -hmm. Well, we just cleared the third lap. We're going in the, the the stretch. We're in the back stretch of the fourth lap. Hey, Shane, before we hop off here, 
You know, we got a ton of football action this weekend. You want to make a best bet? <laughs> Do I? Absolutely, <laughs> man. I'm about to get back on track. <laughs> well, head on over to mybookie.ag. Use that promo code that SEC. We got a number of games here. We got, uh, I'll run down the list here. These are all lines courtesy of uh, my bookie here. Lafayette, you know, the team that, uh, that went into Iowa State last week. They're a 16-point favorite against Georgia State. You remember them, Shane? Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Boston College Duke. Duke's a six-point favorite. Liberty, old Hugh Freeze down there. He's uh, facing Western Kentucky, team you bet on last week. Mm-hmm. Western Kentucky's a 14-and-a-half-point favorite. That one's kind of interesting. Uh, Navy and Tulane. Tulane's a six and a half point favorite. We saw Navy lose by about a hundred to BYU in the opener. Yeah. Houston and Baylor. That's the Fox noon game. Baylor, Dave Aranda. He's the head coach down there now. Four and a half point favorite in that matchup. South okay. Florida, Notre Dame. Notre Dame's a twenty-five and a half point favorite. Game of the week. I'm I'm sure. Central Florida, your favorite. Georgia Tech. Central Florida, UCF, seven-and-a-half-point favorite in that matchup. Mm-hmm. Appy State and Marshall. This is the CBS. This is the first and only uh, non-SEC CBS game this year. Appy State-Marshall. Appy State favored by four-and-a-half. Okay. Game of the week here, ABC, primetime, Miami, Louisville. Louisville, two-and-a-half-point favorite. Mm. Any of those interest you, Shane? Oh, man. That's a hot mess right there, buddy. You know, I don't like any of these teams. The more I think about it. <laughs> What's that UCF? What was the UCF uh, line again? UCF, Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech just beat Florida State. UCF favored by seven and a half. Okay. Yeah, with the points, is it at UCF? Uh, I honestly don't know. You know what? doesn't matter. Let's say, let's say uh, Georgia Tech wins this one. Ooh. Yep. Not not just the points, but wins the game. All right. And my best bet, I'm trying to make up, I'm trying to win these fans over here. One day I'm going to be an Appy State fan, Shane. Appy mm-hmm. State, four and a half versus Marshall. I'll take Appy and those points, so they're going to have to win by five or more. I'm rolling with the, them Appy the fans. <laughs> well, let me ask you this, Mike. If they do win... Mm-hmm. You're gonna have to drop off the Y, right? I mean, if you win a hundred dollars, well, they're gonna have to cover too. So winning's just not gonna okay. be enough for me. So cover, and and then you'll you'll never say happy again because I'm telling you, there's a lot of folks out there that take offense <laughs> to that Y on there. <laughs> And I, it's always been happy, you know, growing up when, when folks around here in East Tennessee talk about, cause Appalachian state is not that far from here. They, I've always heard happy state, mm-hmm. but apparently that's a no go. Like they completely dropped that off there. So if they win and cover the spread, sec Mike vows to never use the word why again, but if they do not, then he will never ever stop using it. Shane said that, not me. Hey, one more, too. <laughs> Liberty, 14 and a half against Western yeah. Carolina. I'm rolling with the Reverend Hugh. He, he's he's a scumbag, but he's a great coach. Give me that 14 and a half Liberty. They may win this one outright. Mm, okay. All right, man. Interesting. Interesting. I like it. I, th- I think that, okay, well, since we're doubling down, man, uh-huh. I think I think Navy writes this ship. Ooh. You know, they, they had a they had a couple flaws against the BYU, mm-hmm. and most of that was missed tackling, man. Right. Now, the defensive front 
It's garbage. Don't get me wrong. But <laughs> I love the quarterback. I love the offense. I think they've got potential there. So give me Navy as well. Yeah, they got one of the better coaches in all of football. So I like that pick, Shane. And I'm ready. These games are not exciting me. But, hey, I'm going to drink enough beers. I'm going to be fired up <laughs> for each and every one of them. And that's kind of what it was last week. I mean, hell, I didn't care about any of these games. But, uh-uh. you know, as they were kicking off, they got more and more interesting, got, got into the games. It's going to happen again this weekend. So, hope you guys have a great weekend. Hope you enjoy all these games this Saturday, only one week away from SEC action. I can't wait. That's going to do it, Shane. Thanks for joining me as always. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Kate is free. Oh, yeah. One second, Mike. You doing dishes back here? I keep hearing clinging. Is that for me or is that you? Are you talking to me? Yeah. No, I'm just sitting in my office here. The, the dog's drinking. Maybe you hear that? Oh, yeah. Maybe that's it. It's, maybe his collar keeps hitting his thing there. Mm-hmm. Thirsty bastard. One you second. Want me to uh, go remove his water? <laughs> no. <laughs> to make you happy? <laughs> No, no.